everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. I just some, wish somebody knew what they were. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. And I am coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the beautiful and chilly Lower East Side. As Charlie had mentioned uh, about an hour and a half ago, it's cold, folks. It is. It is cold. I'm sure Avrami could attest to that. Who got here at wee hours of the morning? Good morning, Avram. Good morning. Yes, it was quite cold this morning. I had several layers on, and uh, Baruch Hashem, I made it through. Where's Big Downer? It's uh, he's hanging out there, uh, just relaxing for now. I didn't realize he was a pronoun. Yes, he's a he. I guess. Well, that otherwise would kind of be inappropriate. Uh, calling it an it? No, a she. All right, I wasn't going there either. All right, anyway. <laughs> This just totally got sidetracked. By the way, we have to change that intro, that Nahum intro. It's like, I mean, I'm clearly not the most exciting person on the planet, but he has such enthusiasm in that promo. It's <laughs> supposed to get you jazzed up. So yeah, you... it gets me It gets me jazzed up. That's, uh, that's what it is. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Also, please follow us on Twitter, Nahum Net, all one word, Miriam L. Wallach. All one word. Before we get into the show, folks, I just want to share my experience last night. Uh, as many of you know or follow me on Facebook or on Twitter, we were at the American Friends of Stay Roach dinner last night where our wonderful, wonderful friends and supporters of this network and of our programming, Simon Jacob and Dr. Joe Rosazada, were both honored along with their families. And Nahum and his family were surprised, surprised with a lovely honor last night to the roar of the crowd. It really was a wonderful night. Um, but the moment of the night, to be very honest, went to Ori Yufrach. Ori Yufrach, who's the father of Eyal Yufrach, Hashem Yukom Damo, one of the three boys who was kidnapped this summer, who stood up and addressed a silent crowd. Now, to be very honest with you, we were not a silent crowd before he got up. But once Ori Yufrach took the stage, um, you could hear a pin drop in the Meadowlands Hilton. And his words were beautiful. His words were beautiful and his words were moving. And he actually even read from Eyal's diary. Um, a woman behind me sobbed very audibly as he read from his son's diary. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but his words are worth sharing. Um, Eyal had written that if you fall down, you get up. And if you fall down again, you get up again. And even if you fall down a thousand times, you should be proud that you were able to get back up a thousand times as well. And it, it was unbelievable. I mean, this was an 18-year-old boy. An 18-year-old boy wrote such poetry, had such insight, had such understanding. It was, it was incredible, Musser. It was an incredible message. No one walked away last night without being forever affected by those words. I promise you that. And Ori's presence just simply lit up the stage. He is a man who clearly never looked for the limelight, never sought the limelight, never expected the limelight, but was obviously thrown into the limelight by a very, very tragic, very tragic circumstances. And he is, he's a father in pain. You could see the pain as he spoke last night. But like every Israeli, he is also a symbol of strength and resilience. And after a week like we experience as Jews this week. And with, unfortunately, more events, more events coming as the days go on, it is important to remember that we as Jews are both a symbol of strength and resilience. Last night made me even happier that, please God, in one week from now, I will be in Israel. 
What a segue here. Let's do a fortune cookie. It's a little bit hard to do anything else, but check a fortune cookie right now. Ah, oh, man alive. Here we go, Avram. You ready? Anyone can memorize things, but the important thing is to understand it. All right. So Confucius is working with my script. <laughs> that is very well put. And uh, to go to the national holidays, the most important national holiday today is not Great American Smokeout Day. It's not. It's not. It's also not National Peanut Butter Fudge Day. It's globally organized Hug a Runner Day, which only makes me so happy to invite Ken Sable on the air. He's the associate director of Yahad. He is coming to us by phone. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Are you going to hug a runner today? Surely. <laughs> are you going to hug Ellie Hagler? Uh, not today. I don't think I will see him today, but <laughs> I, I will reserve that for another day. Yes, I think you can hold more than one day for Hug a Runner Day, but I thought it was completely fortuitous that you'd be joining me on a day that was National Hug a Runner Day. But only one of the things I wanted to speak to you about this morning, and thank you for making the time, I know it's a little complicated, is to talk about Team Yachad and running and looking forward to Miami in February, but, or I should say January. But I also want to talk about the upcoming dinner. Yachad's 30th anniversary dinner is taking place December 15th at Congregation Ketcher Torah, 600 Romer Avenue uh, in Teaneck, New Jersey. And this year... We are honoring, who are we honoring? We are honoring the Orlanskis, the Martyr family, and the Orenbachs. The Orenbachs, and we are inaugurating the Joel Daner Olive Shalom Yachad Communal Fellowship. So we have uh, four sets of uh, honorees. It's an, it's an incredible lineup. Each of them, in their own right, are individuals that have given so much to the, to the Jewish community and to Yachad specifically, and we are proud to pay tribute to them at this 30th anniversary dinner. Uh, Yachad uh, began uh, as a very, very small organization back in December of 83, so we're a little Jewish. We're stretching the 30th year a bit, uh, you know, as long as we get it in before the end of December 14, uh, or, you know, it's within that year. Sure. And as I say, uh, we have terrific honorees. Yachad, is, uh, as I hope uh, many of our listeners know, is the only organization whose primary mission is inclusion right. for children and adults, enabling those with disabilities the opportunity to participate fully in all aspects of Jewish life. Our, our tagline, Because Everyone Belongs, is, is really on the one hand a very simple tagline, but really it's, it's so deep. I mean, yes. it's truly everyone does belong, and we look at all of their abilities and not their disabilities. Is and the, so is the Jason Sable? I'm sorry to interrupt, but is the Jason Sable uh, listed under the Martyr family a relative? Uh, yes, he is. As a matter <laughs> of fact, uh, I'm very proud to say that uh, Jason is married to Shira, and she uh, and, and Shira is a martyr. Past July, very nice. So there, so there is some parental pride in there also that your your son is part of this greater award that's being given out to that entire family. So uh, there is definitely pride, but um, I would like to definitely say that uh, we have we had been speaking with the Martyr family about uh, accepting this award actually before they uh, before they got married, and so oh, I wasn't and, worried about nepotism. I'm just saying that there's pride there, of course. There's, def there's, def yeah. there's definite pride, and actually, you know, you'll be happy to know that that Jason is actually a. Uh, a runner from the uh, from right. the Miami Marathon. You so, feel free uh, to hug him today, by the way. Feel absolutely. free. Absolutely, and and you know, I don't want to rib too hard, but you know, we both did beat Ellie Hagler <laughs> in this last race. Honey, people who are still running beat Ellie Hagler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk that, about that the. True. I know. Let, by the way, this is it's going to be a shame when the race is over because Ellie Hagler 
fortunately or unfortunately, is going to be the punchline of a lot of running jokes. Um, but let's also talk about the communal fellowship because that is a new endeavor. And um, I know that Ellie had discussed it, I think, last year when the applications first started coming out. But I also want to hear about how it's going. I want to hear about the progress. So, before, you know, we can't really talk about uh, the fellowship without really spending a moment speaking about, about Joel Daner, who was an incredible human being. If you look up the word mensch or true professional in the dictionary, you will absolutely see his name right next to it. Joel was the head of personnel of what was originally the uh, CJF, and he was a mentor to so many uh, individuals. He really strove to ensure that there would be a future of solid Jewish communal professionals, and he worked with Again, so many, so many individuals. And in his retirement years, he, he worked with our Yachad staff and, and lay leadership throughout the country, working with them, trying to create boards, trying to create a, a, a better Jewish community. And so it is really our honor that we uh, are able to name this fellowship in, you know, in, in his memory, and thanks to his wife Selma for, for allowing us to do that. And we've begun this fellowship. We have three amazing, you know, individuals who are spending a year with us post-college, pre-whatever it is they're going to do, to work within Yachad and learn all about the organization and learn about Jewish community and advocacy and all that it entails. And so it is just a tremendous tribute for Yachad that we are, we've created this fellowship and we are able to name it after such a fine, fine individual. How many um, positions are going to be open? How many fellowship positions are going to be open for next year? Uh, it'll, it's either, every year it's going to either be two or three positions. So this year we've begun, we've begun with three. We have, uh, again, three terrific individuals, Robbie Grad, Nomi Gofine, and Stephanie Weprin, uh, each of whom are, are, are doing an incredible job. And, and they're all going on to, you know, kind of, Related but different areas. One is going into healthcare. One is looking into going into law, you know, and social work. And one is hoping to be a physician. And uh, it, we're really attracting, you know, the best of the best. And uh, it's been a terrific experience for for both uh, Yachad and for the fellows themselves. I imagine also that they clearly see an application from their training at Yachad during this fellowship to whatever endeavor they go to when the fellowship is over. I mean, there are skills that on paper one might not necessarily associate with being able to translate into those different professions. But clearly, from a practical application point of view, there is so much symbiosis. I, I think that's absolutely right. It's, I, I think you've said it correctly that it's the difference between, you know, what's on paper, you know, may or may not make sense, but really what they're doing every day, connecting with individuals, connecting with, with colleagues, lay leadership, people throughout the entire Jewish community is going to help them just, just be better individuals, better professionals, how they, how they relate to individuals. It, it, it's really shaping their lives, and it's I think it's a credit to them, you know, that they feel that it was important to do this rather than just jump right into their careers. They take that year post-college and they really learn and grow and mature as individuals and professionals. And I know that they believe it has and will continue to make a significant difference in their career moving forward. Yachad 30th anniversary dinner is December 15th at Congregation Ketter Torah. 600 Romer Avenue, Teaneck, New Jersey. I don't want to leave out the Orlanskis because the Orlanskis are a wonderful Yachad family whose reputation precedes them. 
The Orlanskis are a wonderful, wonderful family. Uh, they, 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 in their own right, are, are terrific. They may be best known for their son David, certainly within Yachad, who is the most high-energy individual. He attends all of our programs. Right. He also is a, is a runner, nice. uh, and he ran in the marathon as well. Um, I have a really cute story with him. Sure. Uh, the first year I was running, he probably ran two full marathons as he kept running back and forth and back and forth and was chatting with us. And I was running with my daughter, and he kept talking to us and asking us questions. And finally, my daughter says, David, you can keep talking if you want, but I can't answer you because I don't have as much energy as you, and I'm right. tired. Right, right. I, uh, they are a wonderful, wonderful family who have been uh, supportive of Yachad for so many years. And I, I do also want to make note of our Young Leadership Awardees, Rachel and Yissi Arenbach. Uh, Yissi is sort of given a, a lifetime of involvement to Yachad, being an, an advisor and a coordinator, and then the two of them as a couple have been involved in Shabbatons that have happened in their community. And Yissi has been wonderful uh, through his company. He, there's a, an incredible program where if you get people to volunteer from the company in, in, in a like sort of social recreational appropriate program, the company themselves then turns around and gives the organization a donation. Wow. So, so Yissi has coordinated numerous events for Yachad throughout the year where our Yachad members come and hang out, have dinner, go bowling, another social recreational program. And this wonderful activity that, that works so well for our members, we then in turn get a donation from the company. Beautiful. So, so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we have, uh, again, a great group of honorees and celebrating wonderful 30 years of a terrific, terrific organization. Who would have imagined 30 years ago that you would be at this point, right? Uh, definitely nobody. Right. Nobody. Kala uh, Kavod to those who began the organization, obviously, and, of course, to Dr. Lichtman, who has taken it and built it from, from the bottom up and made it the, the organization that it is today, serving so many, so many people through our myriad of programs, 25 summer programs, social recreational programs, counseling, anything and everything. Uh, and frankly, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that our typical high schoolers, not just the Yaka members, but it's our typical high schoolers who learn and gain so much Absolutely. by their participation in, in, in Yachad. We're constantly getting you know, comments from, from themselves and from their parents thanking us for for helping shape their lives. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree more. My daughter went on Yad Biyad last summer, and not only has that been an experience that we feel in our home that we have all taken part in this in this this summer experience and that has changed us, let alone her, but just as a testament to the relationships between the uh, the the leaders of the tour and to the to the various members, Yachad members and the typical teens all who attended is not only do they still have their nighttime chaburas where they, you know, chat and this and FaceTime and all that technology stuff I can't really pronounce and um, and still relate and get together and do different weekends and this weekends in Fairlawn, but they have organized their own Hanukkah tone in the five towns and seemingly all of them are going to be at my house for Shabbos lunch that <laughs> weekend. Yeah, I it's, have no doubt. They, yeah, they uh, it's stay amazing. together. Once you're a Yad Biata, you are involved It certainly forever, seems that and it, way. It's amazing and 
it's a it's a credit to them, obviously, as as, as well as individuals, and and we're we're so proud of of, of all of them. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty right. incredible. RSVPs are by December first. You can email Elaine Grossman. That's Grossman E at OU dot org. You can also go to the Yachad website. It's NJCD dot org. You can see the link at the top. Definitely scroll through the various opportunities that you that are available so that you can support Yachad in all of its endeavors. And Ken, as always, a pleasure to speak to you. I look forward to seeing you soon, and I look forward to seeing you in Miami. Thank you so much. Look forward to it. You got it. You're listening. Be well. Take Thank care. you. You too. You're listening to That's Live here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And my next guest, it's a little early for him. Good morning, Rabbi Fink. Good morning, Miriam. It is not early here. We have kids to get to school. We have life to begin. Anyway, life starts uh, when the East Coast life starts, so we just get up earlier than everybody else. Yeah, don't worry. I Don't worry. I wasn't really worried because as a person who gets up at 4.20, like, I don't know what time you get up, but I get up with Israel, as I like to say. So Interesting time to wake up. I hear that. Yes, it's, um, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Anyway, Rabbi Fink is, of course, one of our newest Stunt Show host members, and as, as well, he is the blogger, the famed blogger of thinkorswim.com, which is a fantastic, fantastic um, blog where he engages in so many different conversations and topics. And and if you are not following him on Facebook, you really should, because there are unbelievable conversations that take place on so many vibrant and and interesting topics. And and kudos to you, Rabbi Fink, for, for often discussing things that, that people would otherwise shy away from, but frankly need to be spoken about. Well, I appreciate your kind words. Thank you very much. And I feel a little bit, you know, uh, put in an awkward position here. You have this very serious conversation about this very important discussion about all these very important things that are happening with Yad Biyad, and then you have me on for, like, what is this, comedy hour now? No, 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 not at all, because, frankly, I mean, this might be this might be very difficult for me, and I hope I, I've gotten myself into something that I can handle. But, frankly, I have to take you to task on this whole love of Baymax. And what Rabbi Fink and I are referring to is the new Disney movie that is out called Big Hero 6. It actually is out for, for a couple of weeks, and the main character, this big... Uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow slash Michelin guy is referred to as Baymax. That is his. That is his name, and he has been billed as the great, the next great Disney hero. And Rabbi Fink has written about and written semi extensively in terms of a Disney movie about how much he loves this movie and how much he loves Baymax. And frankly, I'm not feeling it. So I'm here to be convinced. Well, you know, it's a matter of taste. <laughs> I don't think it's a matter of taste. You were arguing, not we're arguing, but the but there is a tremendous. Let's just set this up for people. There's a, there are there's a tremendous amount of loss that takes place in this movie where Hero, who is the main character, this 11 year old boy, this 11 year old character in this in this movie, experiences loss in the movie twice, and we are told about a loss that he experiences before the movie even takes place. Um, all of whom are people who are close to him. Well, that's correct. Yes, and and this uh, this uh, this I find to be a very interesting development in uh, in in children's movies, where you know kids are starting to be exposed to situations where the main characters are sad, or they have um, anxiety, or they're anxious about their their own lives. Even Elsa in Frozen was really the same kind of character, where she was so upset about what she had done, and she had harmed her sister, and she had harmed her friends, and they, it was something that was very important to her character. Was like this anger and the sadness inside of her. And Hero is similar in that sense, that he, after he experiences this, the loss that we, that we see on, 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 in, the, in the movie, the first one at least, he has uh, this kind of reaction that we would expect to be normal. And this kind of shapes his personality throughout the movie. It's like very conflicted, sad, um, you know, 
character that's not your typical uh, Disney uh, effervescent Mickey Mouse style character. Right, and 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 it is a typical rant of mine to criticize Disney for having to kill off parents, or you know, usually just the mom. But in this case, there are a number of family members who um, die at the hands of Disney. So I, I guess my first question is, why are we? I, I'm I'm not I'm not into keeping your kids in a bubble. I'm not into not exposing your children to loss and to tragedy and to uh, challenges of life. I, I'm not, I'm not, propo- I'm a proponent of that at all. However, however, at what point do we say that we can allow children to face other kinds of challenges that they are facing in real life? And it does not have to include death when we are going to an otherwise should be a wonderful kind of Sunday afternoon experience. Why does it have to be that that Disney or or Pixar or any other DreamWorks or whoever it is is yet again challenging our children to have and and children of various ages? Why are we forcing kids to have to challenge and deal with death when they sit down to a movie? Can't we can't we just I don't even know, but it's so frustrating. Right, I hear what you're saying. You know, I'm going to say, first of all, I'm going to start with the first thing. You know what it's, the movie's rated, right? It's rated PG, isn't it? Right, what does PG stand for? Well, I don't know, because I can't find anything that's G anymore that wasn't made in 1987. But what do the letters PG stand for? Parental guidance. There you go. That's what it's about. It's about parental guidance. It's true that Disney is showing this story, but that doesn't leave them as the only person or the only entity that's going to have the influence on your children. The, gu- the guidance is from the parents, which means that I take this to mean that there's going to be a movie here. There's going to be things to discuss with kids. They may not all understand everything, and that's the parent's job to use this as an opportunity to bring them to a place where they can understand them and talk about them um, in an important way. And, and that's where I think people make the mistake. They stop and think, okay, Disney's watching my kids now for the next couple hours, and when they're done watching them, I take them back and nothing happens. I look at every opportunity as a chance to talk, and as like you said, I do it on my Facebook page, but it's no different when, when, I, when, I, when I take my kids to see Big Hero 6. We talked about stuff. We had this conversation about um, what the things in the movie meant. First question I said to everybody when we got in the car, I said, what did you learn from the movie? What was the lesson that you took? And then we had the discussion as we drove home, and we talked about the things that they liked, things that I liked, things that were hard, things that were difficult, things that were easy, and we turned it into a learning experience. And that's, I think, the difference between um, watching something for entertainment and watching something for purely for entertainment and watching something for, the, for, for what you can learn from it. And I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I agree, with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly with one caveat. Then there should be a parental guide. Because if I'm taking my kids to see, and by the way, I, I'd, be, I'd be pressed to find a Disney movie today that comes out that's rated G. So if every, parent, if every movie that's being put out by that company is, is deemed PG, then, then we are already taking things to a whole new level in terms of what we are, what has been has been sanctioned as being okay to um, to show your children. And I am not about censorship, but if we are saying that this is a teachable moment, and frankly we are, and I embrace teachable moments just like you do, then empower parents to handle the teachable moments properly. Either it's put out a guide, or print something online, or or allow certain things to be leaked beforehand so that parents really appreciate what's going in. I knew there was loss in this movie. I did not know it was to this extent. What I have not taken my kids, I certainly would have taken my kids, and we all went as a family. All eight of us went. But nevertheless, I would have been prepared in a way that I was not prepared. 
And there are plenty of people who are not as educated and not as open-minded and, not, and don't have those tools to be, to be articulate or open with their children. So if Disney is saying parental guidance required, well, guess what? I also think that there's a requirement on behalf of Disney to help the parents guide. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it'd be a nice idea. Maybe we can uh, pitch that to Disney. We can work on it together. <laughs> but in 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 absence of that, um, there is a website that I suggest because there are people that have the same questions as you're raising, and they want to know also. You know, when the, when they say that the movie has uh, elements of something, what does that mean? So there's a website called CommonSenseMedia.org, okay. and they literally take pretty much every TV show and every every movie that's come out in the last bunch of years and. They have ratings from parents about what age they think it's appropriate for, mm. ratings from kids who say what they think it's for. And it's sometimes funny how the parents are like, yeah, that's fine for a 12-year-old, and the kids are like 16. And, <laughs> and then they have the, the issues, the things that are hard that you know, parents will have to deal with, like they, you know, is there language, is there violence, is there drinking, is there smoking? And then they have, you, uh, they have a section on their, on their website that talks about what, what you can talk about. Right. And it really does help for people that, I mean, if, if someone has no clue about what to do here, and maybe some people do, then you start with this. You look at this website. You see what's on there. You, you know what to expect, and then they can, they can have the discussion um, based upon what they see here. So I think that's a good way to start, and I, I want to just, you know, move from this to, like, this very general issue of, like, whether Disney is, you know, going too far for our children, um, and then to go to the next step of, like, well, what about this particular movie? Mm, I hear you. I so, hear you. In this particular movie, I think that we have, like, a very different and interesting and positive lesson that doesn't really happen in other movies. And even if you have issues with some of the parts of, like, whether there's violence or death or whatever, the fact that it has the message that I saw, I think, was, makes it worth it in the aggregate anyway. Well, I agree with you on that, and I definitely agree with you also that the new messages that are coming out are the more um, open-minded, updated, kind of modern relevant messages that are coming out of Disney, including the one out of Frozen, that, um, which I took um, about, the love of two, uh, about the true love that occurs between two sisters and how they are dependent upon each other and family, etc. Like that, right. to me, also spoke volumes. Spoke and they, volumes. And for me, also, they made fun of this idea, like a first love, like Correct. This, Anna, love with this right. guy. Like you met five seconds ago. You don't even know who each other are, but that's how right. every other Disney movie used to be. Right. It was, I agree with you. I agree with you. Listen, we're definitely making progress, but I definitely... Um, I'm happy. Yes, I know Avrami's giving me the cue that uh, I'm totally... I know, I'm out of time, but it's Rabbi Fink. What am I supposed to do? I want to schmooze with him. Um, but we're going to have to continue this another time, and frankly, I'm sure Disney will kill another parent in the next couple of months, and we can talk about it again then. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Rabbi Yeliahu Fink, Fink or Swim, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too, thanks. You've been listening to That's Life here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Let's go through the lineup very quickly. Full afternoon of programming. Live lunch starts, you know, in about two minutes. Today at 1 p.m., Leora Zamek hosts today's stunt show. She discusses how to manage a lot in your life and actually get it done, as opposed to me, who's just running out of time in her own show. Then Spin Class with Michael Fragan is live tonight at 6 p.m. Nahum tomorrow morning, J.M. in the a.m., 6 to 9 a.m. And, of course, table for two. Tomorrow morning at 9, a rummy host Saturday Night Seagull. Sunday morning is J.M. Sunday. I need to take a breath. You are listening in the background to Diaspora's Jerusalem is Calling. For so many reasons, I needed to play this today. And I know I play this a lot, folks, but that's life. Bye, guys. History's children in every event are looking for a way to lighten up their load. And brighter than the sun you shine, Jerusalem. You're on my mind. You lift my soul. You echo the divine. 
providence that guides us so that we may teach and all may know the hand that may admonish or reward has given us this holy space Jerusalem to you I turn I trace my steps back to you now again Jerusalem is calling Jerusalem is calling Hear it echo through the canyons of your mind Until you reclaim the thing 